Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is me, Steffi Cohen. And Hayden Bell. And today we have the pleasure of sitting down with Matt Fraser and Sammy Moniz. Uh, if you don't know them, you've been living under a rock. Matt Fraser is five times CrossFit Games champion, incredible athlete, amazing person. And we're super excited to sit down with them today and talk about his career, his mindset, some of his challenges, his fears and some other stuff. Too. Sammy's role in what they do. She has an awesome thing going with feeding the Frasers. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the sacrifices, even though they don't like the word sacrifice, but for simplicity's sake, we'll say sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Their relationship dynamics. Yeah. Uh, all the stuff that just has gone along with a life dedicated to mastering and dominating the sport of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Really, really interesting stuff. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats curates quality specialty meats from small batches, ranchers, and processors across the Northern Rockies. They're an athlete-focused meat company, always, never, ever, no hormones, no antibiotics. They source from re- from ranches who are all for animals to free-range graze in low-stress environments on nutrient-rich regenerative grass. This is the best type of meat to have if you care about your health at all, if you're an athlete if you're trying to optimize your performance this is where you want to be buying your meat from they're amazing and they have all sorts of cuts whether you want them high fat low fat medium fat whatever it is they have a cut for you that you're gonna enjoy and love their product is tried and tested by many different people from stay-at-home workers to elite athletes and olympians they advocate using the full animal and understand the benefits of including game meats into a perfect person's diet The most important thing is that eating quality products that are raised ethically in a sustainable location with minimally food miles is the best solution to any nutrition program. My favorite is the bison and the elk, which are really high in protein, rich in B vitamins, heme iron and creatine, and it tastes delicious. Uh, If you're interested in this, uh, make sure that you use the code hybrid, which saves you money, 10% off on your order. So make sure stay classy meats. You use your, clo- your code hybrid. That's 10%. hybrid in all caps. All caps. Those brass knuckles. Hey, yeah. Hey. What? You're all over that mic. Chill, bro. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, relax, okay? With your phobias of sounds. Yeah, there you go. Oh, dude. Oh it's going to be a long one for me. I got to say, this is nice. When I was like, hey, Matt, can you get me a coaster? The fact that I was whispering, essentially, and he yeah. heard me. Yeah, you're in his, you're in his head. Well, so oh like when, gosh, when we go to so the gun nice. range, I have yeah. electronic headphones. And so anything under a certain decimal rating, they like. It's like cuts out. Well, no, like they replay it. So like it'll catch the audio and like play it through a speaker. But then anything over a certain decibel, they turn into just regular headphones. Mm. And so like I have the volume cranked up. So Sammy will be like a hundred yards away and be like, hey, Matt, you know, can you get me a drink? And I'm like, yep. And it's like you just, can like hear the birds chirping. It's, it's like, just like it just like amplifies everything. giant it's hearing aids. Wow. That's so and sick. it's so nice. Yeah, you need those for like every day. That's yeah. when we realize <laughs> yeah, Matt I definitely needs do. hearing aids. I mean, yeah. I went I went and got like I think I got fitted for hearing aids when I was in like the fifth or sixth grade. Really? And then my dad was like, hey, are you actually going to wear these? And I was like, no. And he was like, good. They're expensive. And we just didn't get them. (laughs) Honestly, I would sacrifice a little bit. Like if you could get by, I just feel like anything that's that different at that age, you just become a target. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But like, like I found out later on, like I was blind. Like whenever, like my teacher was always like, Matt, eyes on your paper. Because I'm always like 
taking notes off the next kid because I'm like, when someone was like, like, can you read the chalkboard? I'm like, no, can you? Like, <laughs> you no, just- I'm in the third row back. Like, how can you see that? You know, just stuff like that. And I never realized. And then it was like my friend had glasses and I tried them on. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. I was like, I can see the leaves on the trees. And my mom was like, wait, can you not see the leaves? And I was like, no, can you? They're just she, green lollipops. Yeah. I was like, no, they're just big green blobs. And she was like, oh my God, we need to. And then I don't even think I got glasses then. I went, I went in for my driver's test and the guy was like, hey, read line seven. And and just naturally, I was like, the letters are the numbers. And he was like, son, if you can't tell me that, we have a problem. And I was like, uh-oh. Uh. <laughs> Haven't yeah, even started the test and I failed. Yeah. Because you think it's normal. I, I was the same way. And I, I, it was that um that green blackboard. You remember those? Uh-huh. Like with chalk? Yeah, yeah. And uh, man, I would see double of everything and I would have to do this like mega squint like that. Oh, yeah. Like everyone thought I was mean mugging them because I'm... <laughs> Like just yeah. squinting because I'm like, who is that? Who yeah. said my name? Um, and you think so that's normal. What, what do you what do you do now? Do you have contacts? You did no, LASIK. I, got, I got LASIK. You got LASIK. Uh. Yeah. So I had. So it was when I lived at the training center. You got free contacts, free contact lenses, and so I like stocked up, and it was like. We like probably still ev- have some somewhere. Every two weeks, every two weeks, <laughs> I would go in and get like a six month script worth, and so I had like a bucket of contact lenses. So I leave the training center and I just kept using those for years and years. I mean, it was when we started dating, I think I ran out of contacts and I was like, Uh-oh. oh shit, those things lasted me eight years, you know, <laughs> what now? And so I went in and like, uh, to see if I was like a candidate for the LASIK and then they were like, yeah, yeah, you're good, but you can't wear contacts for two weeks before the eye surgery. So I had to bust out like my emergency glasses, which were like some big old Coke bottle aviators. So I rocked those for two weeks and then I got LASIK and um, it was the best thing I've done because yeah, I yeah. hated contacts. I'd like, I would just leave them in like for no. months. No. Like I would, I would change my contacts when they would fall out no. or like I would like ac- accidentally rub my eye or something and one would fall out, that's when I would change them. And what, they, what were they just like rock solid at that point when they fall out? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it used to be like when I would swim because I swam for a long time without goggles. Like I would go into a pool and swim laps without goggles and like I would forget to take out my contacts and one would wash away. And, and so that's, that was a big thing. Like, so probably when I started swimming laps, like that was probably good for my eyesight to like get regular changes in my contacts. <laughs> Jeez, dude, that's so what, bad. I can't even imagine. What about your hearing? Does that ever affect you in sport? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. How so? I mean, like if a ref is mm. like, I'll miss a no rep. And so like, if we're doing 21 reps and then like, I think I, I hit 21, I'll jump down and start walking away. And the ref's like, no, 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 I gave you a no rep. Like, get back. I'm like, oh, I missed that. Um, but I mean, like, I just kind of make it, like I've you gotten, I've gotten, now. gotten used to it. And so it's like when I walk out on the competition floor, I usually try to have a small conversation with, with the ref. And so, you know, they, sometimes they'll ask, like, Hey, do you want me to count out loud? Do you want me to count every 10? Like, what's your personal preference? And I'll just say like, Hey, if you ever give me a call, make sure you're shouting it. I'm like, I'm deaf out of my left ear. And like, I'm very hard of hearing out of my right. So just like, 
make sure to like enunciate or make it like, give me clear hand signals for a no rep. Uh, so that, that's made my life easier, but uh, I mean, I usually have a pretty good movement standard and like, so I know if I get a no rep or not without them having to tell me. So that, that makes life a bit easier, but I think it's more of just a pain in the ass for Sammy. Like I, I don't mind, <laughs> I, I don't mind being deaf. It doesn't affect me really. Because like Sammy just has to repeat herself three or four times, yeah, and it's infuriating. Every how many what? How many what's do you, does he get? Oh my god! Do you, do you, do you have a limit though? Because like, for me, it's like one what? Okay, maybe I messed it up. Yeah, two what's? Pretty uh, sure it was it was a, a lot better that time. Three what's? It's like, uh, like you're, you're, not on, you're on your own. The, you're on the, your really, own. really, are you serious right now? Yeah. But you are you serious right now? Because because when I'm like, because you are way harder. To, of harder of hearing than I oh, am. Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. Because you have wax covering your ear lobe inside okay. Okay. the canal. And so we, we actually learned that that's the way it's supposed to be and that's healthy. There's too much ear we, wax. We, we have a whole story oh my with gosh. that. Yeah. Of earwax? Yeah. Yeah, he has an earwax story too. He has too much, all right? Too much earwax covering the canal, which makes it hard for him to hear <laughs> me okay so i go pitch. i this go pitch. i go hayden such 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 and he goes what and i'm like hayden such 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 and he goes wait what and i'm like hayden such 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 he's like what and then i'm like never mind he's like no 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 you gotta tell me and i'm like no i don't want to say it again i've said it three times and you're like no 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 you gotta tell me and you pressure me until i tell you yeah, I mean, if you were trying to say it, I feel no. like it's something that should have no, been so, heard. See, that, see that's what, what gets me. Because what, like, what you get. So what really gets me is if there's background noise going on, then I can't understand what anyone says. If there's background noise or I can't read your lips, it's game over for me. And So like, if we're in the house and the TV's on, Sammy will say something. I'm like, huh, what was that? And she'll say it again. And I'm like, one more time. And she's like, no. And I'm like, no, no, you don't get to just walk away. Like, no, it's the times in which you're clearly not paying attention. Okay. It's like, don't say what and then not pay attention when the when the information is being given to you again. So that's when I it's think, like, I think they're making shit right. up. I'm on Sammy's side. Hayden, you want to start our own podcast? I'm backing you up, girl. You want to just go start our own podcast? Trust me. We have discussed how I am an enabler in the sense of like, Asking questions and or answering your questions or giving you <laughs> like, OK, so perfect example, Matt, during training, right, he he offloads all decision making, all, all that stuff. So I am the keeper of all of the information, all of our travel plans, like literally everything. What do I have to do tomorrow? This is what you have to do. Like, what are my plans next Saturday? This is what your plans are like. I always am the holder of all of that. But it's little things like we went to this airport one time. We find our gate, we get to the bag, like get to, uh, get to our gate, put our bags down. And he goes, Hey, where's the bathroom? And I'm like, just like you, I've never been to this airport. I don't know where the bathroom is. Or it's like, Hey, what time is it? It's like, you also have a phone in your hand uh, that you could look and see too. what the time is. But so see, it's like, those things so annoying, but that's what you do. No, but that's it's what her you do, fault. Bro. It's her fault. Yeah, it's my fault. Because like, I literally, like, I remember being like, Hey, do you know where the bathroom is? And she was like, no, I like you have never been here before. <laughs> I have no like prior knowledge or more knowledge than you. And I was like, take a guess. And she was like, I would guess around that corner. And I get up, walk around, like, oh, there's the bathroom. <laughs> like, <laughs> or just being like, hey, what time is it? She's like, 
your phone is in your pocket. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know if you checked your phone like two minutes ago or something. Like, That's true. That would save you time. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, but then like she has the impressive, like the mom skills. Remember that when you're like, mom, where's my favorite pair of socks? She's like, oh, I just, I just folded them. They're in the laundry room. That shit happens now. And I'm like, this is your fault. Literally, you created this monster well, that is dependent on you. the other day? You were looking for a coffee mug and I was it's like, I was in the living room, literally like I'm folding laundry, looking at like multitasking and not really paying attention to him, watching TV. And he's like, hey, where's this coffee mug? I'm like, it's in the dishwasher on the top shelf on the right hand side. And he was like. You're amazing. It was right where you said it was. And it's like, fuck. I shouldn't have answered that. Come on, listen to this one. Listen to this I one, okay? I shouldn't have answered. He's like, babe, where's the barbecue sauce? I'm like, where do you think it is? The fridge. And he's like, oh, okay. Opens up the fridge. I don't see it. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you just have to scroll through the aisles of the fridge so until you find it. But that, it takes me so long. Yeah. So it's like, if, I'm, if I'm, you know where it is, just tell me exactly where it is and let's save the whole song and dance. See, I don't need to learn less a lesson. Okay? I'm, I'm the, <laughs> just tell I'm me where exactly it is. I open the fridge and I'm like, Sammy, where's my honey mustard? Oh my God. And she it's knows exactly. She's like, sure. on the door, second shelf down. It's and I'm like, always <laughs> on the door unless you put it exactly. back exactly. and then and it's that, on that's the That's what shelf. I was just about to say unless i put it back last time and, and then it's not where it's supposed to be yeah. that's why i'm asking you all the condiments are on the door oh my, oh god. my gosh what's your biggest challenge in your relationship oh my god that all of these things well so like right now like we're going through these things of like like so while i'm competing like when i'm training and competing Sammy does everything like cooks, cleans, schedules, everything, does the groceries, hero, everything. I wake up, train, go to bed. And, and so like I'll finish eating. And then like when I'm training, it's like, I'll finish eating in between sessions. I'll just like put the plate on the table and then like lean back on the couch and like close my eyes or just shut off, whatever. Well, now it's like I'll walk the dish over to the sink and just like set it next to the sink and then walk away. And Sam was like, hey, hey, no, no, no. <laughs> You're in your off season. You can fucking wash clean dish. it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I didn't know that was an on season, off season well, thing. I thought you just loved doing dishes. Mm-mm. And she's like, <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> We're easing into it. Right. So like the first stage of it is I'm not just expecting that. Okay. I cook, you clean. That's our new thing, right? Like, we've never done that before. Everybody's like, oh, it's a really good suggestion. I'm like, yeah, that's great. It works for you. We've never done that. So I can't just be like, all right, well, I just finished cooking all day long. Time for you to do dishes, dude. Yeah, we're five years <laughs> in. These habits are formed yeah. and they're not going anywhere. So it's anywhere. like, <laughs> I've got to ease into it a little bit, you know? It's like, hey, dude, you can take your dish and bring it to the sink, right? That was like the first step. Don't leave it on the table. Don't leave it on the coffee table. Like, bring it to the sink. Then the next step is like, hey, man, you know, uh, you notice that the sink is empty. So that either means that all the dishes are clean or that the dishwasher is dirty. You could put it in the dishwasher or you could clean the dish like little steps. Eventually, once he starts cleaning his own dish, then I'm going to be like, hey, now you can do all the dishes. Right. Like you got to baby step these things. We actually I think we have a pretty good system of how responsibilities become owned by either one of us. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is someone will be like, let's say it's the dishes, like, for example, okay. 
there will be someone who is more annoyed out of the two of us by the dishes being left in the sink or on the counter. Mm -hmm. So naturally, someone will gravitate towards doing that responsibility. And then if someone accidentally does it too much and the other one notices, we're like, oh, that's yours now. Like, that's Mm -hmm. your thing. So like she... I'm like, have you seen the Simpsons episode where it's whoever puts the last, the like fills the last piece has to take out the garbage. Oh yeah. So like Bart's like stapling banana peels <laughs> to the top of the garbage pile. Yeah. Like, so I would be doing that if I had to take the garbage from inside to outside, but Steph, like she doesn't care. So, or she does care. So she'll take it and she'll put it outside and I can't stand it being in the carport. So I'm the one who takes it to the, to the thing. Well, so like I Sam and I have different like I wish that theories made sense in our life. We, 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 have, we have we have different theories on doing dishes because I'm like there's an investment cost. You need to get your hands wet whether you're doing one dish or forty dishes. Okay. So I'm I always look at I'm like let the dishes stack up and then I only have to get my hands wet one time. And Sammy is just like do you not nope, like, do you not like getting your hands wet? No, it's just like, why, 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 do it, why do it 40 times? Like, what, is he going to ruin your manicure? Bro? No, I just What's like, with you, man? what's the just point water. of doing Are you made of sugar? No, like, why do we have multiple sets of dishes? Let's fucking use them all oh instead of God. using the top I'm one so every wrong. time. Uh, that logic. Uh, so, yeah. but here's my thing. I, I, like, this motherfucker's not in his head because he understands <laughs> investment costs. Here's my thing, though. Here's Are you agreeing with Matt? I agree with you. have many dishes. Yeah, like use them, just like stack them up. I'd rather do like an hour of dishes once a week than 10 minutes of dishes every single day. Okay, so here's why this doesn't work. Yeah, so so that's why Sammy does the dishes every single day. No, 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 no. Here's why this doesn't work. So Matt's job is in the gym, right? My job is in the kitchen. So I'm cooking all day long. I'm happy to clean the messes. Like I'm making four, five, six recipes a day. Happy to clean. I clean as I go. Sometimes I make a fucking mess. And then it's like, whew, okay, I got to take a break. I got to re like clean everything so that I can then use the stuff again. But when it comes to mealtime, it's like, yeah, you've got a bowl, a plate, a cup, whatever, your silverware. That stuff is so easy to clean or to put in the dishwasher or whatever. I'm not asking you to do the pots and pans or the blenders or whatever. I look at it as your office is the gym. Well, when I go in the gym, I have to clean up my plates. I have to put my dumbbells away. I have to like, I have to clean up the things that I have used. I don't leave my barbell there for you. Smashed you. So that's the way that I look at it is like, okay, that's your office. This is mine. When you come into my office, <laughs> clean up after yourself. Oh, she might have you there. Wow, she dude. might have you there. Solid oh, point, no. sister. Boom. No, no one, <laughs> no yeah. one is ever saying Sammy is wrong. <laughs> when Sammy says like, "Hey, do your dish," I'm I can never argue. Like, no, no. you yeah. do it. He does it. I just hate. I just it. still have to ask for it. Eventually, after more and more of these conversations. I won't have to ask anymore. It'll just be like, oh, right. I'm done with this. Let me go wash it or put it in the dishwasher. Right? I'm so like, curious to see how long this transition takes. We're going to be talking about this is, shit for it's years. It's been a grain for no, five years. No, because, because I'm just going to be like, oh, training season again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Oh, man. Well, okay. So you've obviously had to make a ton of sacrifices to do the, the style of training and the type of competition you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into that, but I'm actually curious, Sammy, we, I guess this is one of those sacrifices, but how have you sort of had to sacrifice to make this whole kind of like journey happen? Cause yeah. I know it's a team effort. I mean, it's so funny. Like I, I don't really like the word sacrifice, right? Like the, that word to me, I mean, Matt says it all the time. And like a lot of people 
categorize it as a sacrifice, but I, for some reason in my head, it has like a negative connotation. Sure. Like you're that, I don't know. Sacrifice just has such an interesting word. It's just a, it's been an adjustment. It's just like, we're going through one phase of our life and it requires these certain set of rules or these certain like investments, investments or, or ways of living or, or whatever. And so we all kind of have our own contribution to that phase of life. So I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say that it's a sacrifice, but things are definitely different. Like I was working a nine to five job, climbing the corporate ladder type thing. And, you know, Matt was like, Hey, you should just quit your job and come and live with me. And like, let's one, let's actually be together now. Cause we were living for, it was like four hours away, seeing each other once a month when we could, but I was super crazy busy with my job. He's obviously super crazy busy with training. Now I get it even more that I live with it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was one of those like, Hmm, okay. I'm, I'm quitting this job. I have student loans to pay. I have responsibilities in my life. And I'm kind of just like hoping that this works out because I'm, I'm risking some of that. Um, thankfully, you know, like I ended up getting a job with Matt O'Keefe and worked for him for a couple of years and then left that a year ago. And I've been doing beating the Fraser. So in terms of financial stability, I've maintained it. And Matt always said like, Hey, if you need, if ever there, there comes a time where like work is low or you need help, like I'm asking you to take a huge leap to come and do something for me. So that's the least I can do for you. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's not really a sacrifice. It's just like, we've, you, you kind of put some rules in play of like, okay, this is what I'm going to take care of in order for you to do your job. And, and these are the things that you're going to like, this is the job that you have to do. So that way when it's done, we can have this whole other life. Yeah. I think there's, there's been moments where, because we're both in it together. So we're, we're both seeing what we're putting on pause right now, but we're both also seeing what our future is going to look like mm -hmm. in terms of like, I'm working this career where like, you know, I was supposed to be working a desk job and I'm earning way more than was ever fathomable a couple of years ago, just from competing and doing well. And so it's like, I had a competition like mid December and, you know, so Sammy's, <laughs> Sammy's, Sammy's family, like their Thanksgiving is their holiday. Mm -hmm. That's when we all get together and it's a big, big get together. Why well, I have a competition in two weeks, three weeks. So it's like, ah, oh, you know, sorry, we can't make it this year. And I remember one of one of her family members like, all right, that's great that you're there to support her. But like, is what you guys doing worth it? Yeah. Like, I can't you just come? Yeah. And, like, you know, and it was like, well, I can't. It's hard for me to leave Matt when he relies on me to to be there. And or it's hard for him to leave and like give, up, know, on give training, up on training. But it's like we, we both realize like, all right, you know, we're going to live a couple years that aren't ideal where we're not traveling as much as we want. We're not going to see their family or our friends as like there's going to be a handful of times throughout the year that we have to say no. But it's like at 30 years old, we we can just do whatever we want now. Mm -hmm. Like we have the financial freedom. Like we never have to work for someone else. We never have to do any of these things. So it's like, all right, for four or five years of having a non-ideal situation, now we have this freedom for forever. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Um, well, you guys obviously saw that like end goal. 
But when you initially made that decision together, like what did your family think? Did they like when you were like, hey, I'm going to like quit my good job uh, to you know go support my yeah. my boyfriend who's a professional exerciser? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Where, where, did, they, did they even know what CrossFit was and like yeah. that you could make real money? And, yeah. Like, how so did that all work out? My parents, I mean, I had been doing CrossFit for a long time. My parents were actually CrossFitters. Um, I think after after it was like the first year we were dating and Matt did the ECC in Boston, my parents came to watch cause they were like 30 minutes away or whatever and met Matt's parents. And my mom and dad saw that Matt's mom was doing CrossFit and they were like, Oh, we didn't realize that we could do it too. Like we just thought our daughter did this thing. So they started doing CrossFit. So like they were aware they had been to the games before they had seen Matt compete. Like they, they understood it. Um, I do remember talking to my dad <clears throat> And he was like, you know, I was like, I think, I think this is something I'm going to do. I think I'm going to quit my job and like go move to Vermont. Like, what do you guys think? Um, and my dad was, it was the sweetest thing. My dad had said, um, you know, I'm not worried about you. Like you're, you're going to find it. You're going to land on your feet. You're going to find a job. Like that part I'm not worried about, but like, you're not going to be able to find another mat. Like that's worse you know, like you can, you'll be fine mm -hmm. elsewhere. Like I've seen you, you know, I had had a bunch of crazy different jobs and like I was scrappy and I worked hard and it is what, like I always landed on my feet. And so I just thought it was sweet that he was like, you're never going to find another mat. Like, yeah, that's what you need to go after. You can get another job. That's, that's, not, awesome. that's not a big deal. Um, so yeah. Um, to switch gears, I kind of think it, you, your story is always so funny to me because you're like the anti CrossFit CrossFitter almost. <laughs> you just sort of like stumbled into this is. thing and like accidentally <laughs> became the best in the world at it. Uh, and you've always, you've always said like, if I wasn't getting paid, I, this is not what I'd be doing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to know like year one or your, during your transition into CrossFit, what was your why then? And then how has that changed coming now into, you know, winning, you, you know, you win your first CrossFit games, you win two, three, four, five, like mm -hmm. what's been that transition and why you're doing what you're doing? Yeah. I think early on, you know, I literally showed up to a CrossFit gym because I, I was kind of just getting chubby, you know, like I was full-time college student and was like, okay, they need to change my diet or start exercising again. So I just was like, all right, I like what I'm eating. So I'll just start working out. Um, then that kind of transitioned into like, you know, I'm early twenties. I'm not really fitting with the college crowd. Like I've done the whole party thing and like that whole scene had no interest in getting back into it. Um, and so for me, it's like, all right, I'm not working a full-time job. I don't want to hang out with all these younger college students. How do I make friends? How do I meet new people? And the CrossFit gym was perfect for that. Like everyone does the workout together. Then you all kind of just chit chat. And so it was, it was just great for me of like basically being lonely and meeting new people and, and people that had the same interests, you know, it's very rare that someone takes care of themselves physically, but they're not doing the same worrying about their mental health or progressing in their career, or like anything else. So it was just a bunch of like-minded people all working out together. And then, you know, I saw I could make a little bit of money on the weekends, like 500 here, a thousand bucks there. And it was like, oh man, this is great. Like I can fill up my gas tank. I can go to the movies or go out to dinner with friends. Like it was just really convenient for like a part-time job. And then, um, and then I, I wanted to like get accepted into like the CrossFit group of like the OG. So like, I remember like, 
like after the 14 games, you're like, oh, great. I'm like going to be a part of this group. I'm going to be accepted into this community. And then just like slapped with rejection of just like, <laughs> nope, like you're not part of our group. And why was that? I remember it was the, I remember sitting with uh, Rich and Kalipa and, you know, they're both like, hey man, congrats. Like that's fucking great. Um, Wait, was that your first, you won? No, no, this is my first year competing. I got oh. second place. Okay. And so Rich got first, Kalipa got third. And I remember Kalipa was really nice to me and, and he's kind of like, oh man, you know what this means? Like we're all going to be on the invitational team together, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I didn't even know what that was. Um, and then that year, the invitational team, it take like, it was like, used to be us versus the world. And then it was like us, Australia, Canada, and Europe, like, and it's the top ranked people of each. And then for whatever reason, they chopped it down from three men, three women on each team to two and two. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'm still, I'm the number two guy. And then I never got the invite and it went, it was rich and Khalifa. And I was kind of like, what? Like you clearly jumped over the second place American and gave it to the third place guy. Like, and no one ever gave me an explanation on that. Like, did, did you like seek an answer? Yeah. So I, I texted one guy that worked Pat Sherwood. I text him and I was kind of like, Hey man, like you've been friendly to me in the past. I, I want an honest answer. Like, why did I not get invited? Like I'm the number two American. And he was basically just like, I don't know. Like, that's kind of odd. <laughs> I'd say. And like, but like no one called me to give me an explanation of like, oh, hey, we're taking Kaliba for this reason. We're, you know, whatever it was. And, and I'm like that, I mean, it hurt. Like I'm brand new into this community. Like I thought I just earned a spot, all this stuff. Get to represent your country and all that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. And, yeah. and, uh, and I'm, I just remember being like, okay, like. I, I switched my reason of why I started competing before it was like, I want to be dominant and like earn some money. And I got sidetracked into like caring about people's opinions and wanting mm. to be accepted and like all this. And I was like, they don't want to accept me. Okay. I'm going back to my original reasons. Why do you think and that was? I, I still don't know. Like, I, don't know. Uh, I made a joke about, it. so like, so it became a thing that I never did the invitational. I've never done it. I've been invited back every year after that, and I never did it. And then it was one night, I forget what, it must have been an open announcement or something. Mm -hmm. And Dave Dave sat down next to me, like the guy who like ran the, that was his, one of his competitions. And he's like, yo, why, why have you never done my invitational? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I ask you every year, but you never do it. Why? And I was like, I'm still waiting on my 2014 invite. And he, was like, and he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I earned that spot in 2014 and you didn't give it to me. And so like, if you don't want to give me that spot, no, I'm not going to just show up when it's convenient for you. Like I earned that shit. So still never got a reason of like why. And, it, and it's not a big thing. It's the invitational who gives a shit. Um, it's not like there's like. But it big, was like at the time. I mean, now you. For you, it was a big deal then. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Looking like early on, it was like this thing that was praised in the community, you know, like once I switched my values, like I don't care about competing in off season competitions. I don't care about, you know, the rank out of the open or out of regionals. It's like the games. That's what I've set up my life to revolve around was the games. So that's all I cared about. And 
like the invitational wasn't a good one for me anyways, because like, A, it's a team competition. I have no interest in doing that. B, there's no prize money. So I have no interest in like killing myself for that. And then final, it was like usually like a month or two after the games mm-hmm. where I'm like, I'm in my off season. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm the fattest I've been all year. Like I haven't touched a single weight or piece of cardio in months. Like I'm not going to go to like fly to Australia and like, bust my hump like and feel like shit put on a bad performance i'm like no like my off season is setting me up properly for my next on season how long is your off season i'd say probably usually like two months yeah a solid month like one month of like being an unsupervised toddler in the grocery store of just eating everything (laughs) like blueberry pie for breakfast Yes, please. Yeah. Like just (laughs) like usually it's like walking down to our dock with a blueberry pie and a fork and just like I eat when I'm hungry. The week after the games, we basically go to the convenience store down down the street from the lake house. Yeah. We walk through the aisles and it's like salt and vinegar chips, smart food, like all of the just trash food that we just don't ever eat. And it's like (laughs) blueberry pies for breakfast or I made cinnamon rolls that one year and it was just like tray of cinnamon rolls. Cool. Like that's the diet. Yeah. Like going down the candy island, like any candy bar that looks at all appealing, it's just like boom, boom, boom. Is that something that like, do other competitors do that? That was going to be my question. I have no idea. Is that typical or or are most high-level competitors doing all of those other quote-unquote high-level competitions? Um, I mean, only a select few like would do the invitation. I don't even know if they've done the invitation for the last couple of years. No, I don't know. Um, but I think they're asking about like the, the off-season, right? Like yeah, the, off-season. No. Yeah, yeah, like, no. no, no right? I'm like, one of like <laughs> maybe two or three. But like, and like, so Vellner's the only one that I know that takes like a good chunk of time off, completely off. And like he and I will be sending each other like selfies to see who got the Chubby fattest. Photos. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like we intentionally sit and like try to get as many rolls, like <laughs> beat this, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, every year when I get back to training, I regret it in the moment. It's like the best time ever of just like watching 14 hours of Netflix in one sitting, staying up until three in the morning, you know? Yeah. Your biggest things I would say is like, you don't go to the gym, like not even in the gym for like no, for a stre- month. Like no nothing. stretching, rolling out. doesn't even like drive nothing. up to the gym, nothing eating. I mean, really it's just like, and that, that probably only lasts like two weeks in terms of like, just the like binge eating type stuff of like, yeah, I want all the salt and vinegar chips or a tray of, you know, butter tarts or like whatever, (laughs) you know about those. Um, and then, uh, the other thing would be like a no bedtime. Matt is like super strict throughout the season of like TVs off at 10, you know, whole bedtime routine. You got our sleepy time tea or beam and books and like, just like, in bed, 10 o'clock, you don't have to go to sleep, but can't be watching TV, you know? Mm-hmm. So off season, it's like, he'll wake up one more, you know, the next morning. He's like, oh man, I'm so tired. I'm like, well, what time did you come to bed last night? He's like, 3 a.m. I'm like, why do you do that to yourself? He goes, cause I can, <laughs> you know, it's like, he what? literally is like a teenager that just wants to like rebel against the rules. Well, I remember a couple years ago, like we, we watched one episode of bad blood yeah. and it was yeah. six episodes in the season and they're like one hour a piece. And we watched one episode from like 10 30 to 11 30. And, and then like, Sammy's like, I'm going to bed. 
I watched the first episode. And I'm like, this is the best show I've ever watched. And he just goes, I'll see you in the morning. I was like, I'll see, I'll come to bed at 5 a.m. when the show is done. <laughs> and it was just like one episode after the next. Yeah. Of, and it was like six hours. And then like going to bed at like 4.30, 5.30 in the morning. And it was just yeah. like. Totally ruined him the next day. But he was also like, what does he have to be up for? Like, doesn't it, he can be tired. I mean, it's just it's just a mental break. Yeah. More than the physical. Like, I'm physically recovered after four or five days. Mm-hmm. But it's like, all right, you were just in lockdown for like eight months. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, even though I'm like, don't want to eat like trash anymore. I want to eat something clean, something like light. But I'm like, no. Like, keep eating like shit until you, like, like look forward to eating clean again, you know? I yeah. personally think that is totally necessary. Yeah, we, oh, do, yeah. we do it every Sunday. We have Lazy Sunday. We try <laughs> to do absolutely nothing. Like, I'm upset if I'm accidentally productive. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, you guys. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear about <laughs> that because, like, because I have it. No, it's like, okay. It's yeah. on, we'll take a, a yeah. Lazy Thursday. Yeah, like, on, on our... <laughs> to make up for it. On, yeah. on my Mondays, Mondays, it's like... When I get up and Sam was like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, nothing. Mm-hmm. And when I mean nothing, it's like I get my coffee and then I sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. And like I look forward. A really exciting thing for me is being hungry. Like I love the feeling of being hungry. So it's like on Mondays, I allow myself to not have breakfast. Okay. I want to take a second here just to give another shout out to... Our sponsor, State Classy Meats. These guys, we've been using them for quite some time now, actually, long before they were uh, a sponsor on the show. And they make some of the best stuff that I have ever had. And unlike a lot of meat companies that keep it pretty basic, you can have freaking Wagyu burgers, tomahawk steaks. You can think of it. They have it. And that can arrive straight to your door. Uh, stay classy sources from ranchers who are for the animals, which means they allow the animals to graze in a stress-free environment. And if you know anything about hunting or, uh, eating meat in general, that is super important to the quality and the taste of the meat. Stay classy is also committed to keeping their meat hormone and antibiotic free. So when you get this meat, you know, you're just getting meat, you know, exactly what's in it. They cater to athletes who require the best quality products to put in their body. Nutrition is the base of our existence. The better the quality of the inputs, the less stressed out our bodies will be, and the more efficient it will run. They are all about quality, convenience, and small batch. So definitely check these guys out. Like I said, they make the best stuff. Code HYBRID in all caps will get you guys 10% off. So try some bougie burgers, try some other awesome meat, and uh, enjoy. Enjoy a little discount on us. All right, now let's get back to the episode. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I like when I say like I, I'm like I don't want to do anything. It's not even like I don't want to answer emails. I don't want to go to the bank. I don't want to nothing. You just want to sit at the stare at the wall. I just want to. I just like lay, I have my spot on the couch. And I remember like <laughs> it was like Shane was out of town or something, and so in between sessions, Tia was just coming over. Yeah, and we had lunch, and then she goes over to the couch and like just like gets a blanket and lays down on the couch. And then Sam, I'm, I'm like looking at Sam. I'm like, <gasps> she's in my like, spot. Do, do you tell her? Or do I? <laughs> Sam, Sammy, she's in my spot. Tell her to move. Like, <laughs> I was like, so did you tell her? I was like, oh yeah, Tia, I kicked her out. Why don't you come into this side? Of this? I, I'm not sitting on the couch. You take this side of the couch. <laughs> yeah, this other side's actually much better. I yeah. Think you're like over here. yeah, his butt groove is pretty deep on that side of the couch. This is fresh. <laughs> Yeah, so, do you do you receive criticism for that approach because it's atypical for CrossFitters? Um, I mean, it's 
I think I'm, I'm sure there is criticism. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to criticize the guy that's winning. Like, not, not to sound well, people, like a dick, but like... People, people love to. To, to do that, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, if you're criticizing something like taking an off-season, it's only because there's a sense of... And I mean, I'll say it because it's not about me, but there's like a sense of... I would be jealous if I'm watching the guy that's like fucking cleaning up also getting fat and you're like, what the fuck? How are you like... <laughs> It, yeah, like so indulging in an off season and yet still coming back every year and, and doing as well as you are. Yeah. You I mean know? like, like Velner and I have like a very friendly banter. Yeah. Um, and most of it is in private. Like we'll text each other and it's like, we, we don't just talk about competition. Like we have a friendship outside of the space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember it was a year or two ago, we happened to be in Miami together. I think, mm-hmm. I think we were in Miami for one of the open workouts. I forget what it was for, but it doesn't matter. he was doing the open workout, right? Wasn't no. he doing the open announcement? No. Because oh, you guys did it next to each other. Yeah, we, we did. We did one. Op- I think we just overlap with sponsors mm-hmm. or something. Uh-huh. And so we're like, dude, we're in the same town. Let's get together for the open workout. And it's like, great, cool. Um, and I remember I showed up and he was like, what the fuck? He's like, you look terrible. <laughs> and he was like, he was like almost like upset at it. And like, he beat me in that workout and, you know, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I wish I won or I wish I was in better shape, but I'm not losing sleep over it. It's like the first open workout. What do I care? Uh And I remember him being like, it upsets me because I know in like three weeks, you're going to be back to in shape and like winning workouts. And like, I have pictures from that and I'm, I've never posted one because I look (laughs) embarrassing (laughs) and Velner just like cleaned my clock in this workout. And I mean, like he's giving me a hard time of like, bro, how do you bounce back? Oh yeah. I'm I mean, like, that's I extremely annoying like- as someone, somebody else who's putting in all the work all the time <laughs> but I and think- you just screw off for a, a bit and get it's back. a longevity play. It's yeah, like, yeah. And, yeah. and, and that fear of how do you bounce back is, is an unrealistic fear because you will bounce back way faster than it took you to get there. It's just. Yeah, eleven months of work doesn't go away in a one month no. off season. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, my first week or two Matt back is pretty impressive first, in that sense as well. My first week or two back into the gym, it like every year it's the same thing. I'm like, fuck, I, I went too I went too hard this year. Yeah. Like I I've lost, lost it. it. I lost it this time. <laughs> it's same gone. for me. Remember? With me yeah. in powerlifting, it's it, the same exact thing. It's dude. the same with everybody in powerlifting yeah. too, because you decondition yourself, especially in powerlifting you become like super specifically trained to just lift once. Yeah. You know, and then you go back to the beginning of a training cycle, which is a bunch of volume and you're just like, you're in the worst human shape of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You're just more than one rep is like excruciating. Yeah. It's brutal. So we, we know that struggle. Yeah. I mean like, like whenever I go back in, it's like, all right, I want something low impact. I just want to breathe and sweat. And so it's like either like a salt bike or rowing, but it's like last time I was in the gym, like two months ago, I was pulling the best numbers of my life. And so I'm like, all right, I'll add a couple seconds to each split and like, I'll just hit a couple one thousands. And then like, you're like immediately setting yourself up for failure. I'm like, I'm like 400 meters in and I'm having to add like 10 or 12 seconds per split. And I'm like, Oh my God, I fucking lost it this time. I lost my fitness. (laughs) It's nowhere to be found. And, and then like, yeah, I mean, it's like that for the first week or two back. Sure. But then it's like, before I know it, I'm back pulling like high 130s for thousand or whatever exactly. it is, you exactly. know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's every year I question it. 
of like, fuck, why did I do that? <laughs> but I'm coming back in, like, I'm excited to start training again. Exactly. You know, I let, let all these little bumps and bruises from throughout the year heal. And the biggest thing is just a mental the break. Mental. Uh-huh. The mental break is 100%. like, I'm physically healed after three, four days in the gym or away from the gym, but like just that mental break of coming back. Yeah. What do you have um, a weakness at all? Oh yeah. I got a ton of them. What, so what, what do you think? I'm not if, fucking saying I'm on a, on a live podcast. No, there's no way that's going out. <laughs> yeah. True. All of a sudden then next year you'll have Dave Castro programming all your weaknesses. <laughs> no, I mean, I, every, every year there's always a weakest movement or a weakest modality. Um, but like that, that's the game of like, you know, piecing it together, trying to figure out like, all right, what am I strongest at? I can put that on the back burner now. You know, what can I sacrifice some performance in and where do I need to make up some time or some losses? Um, You're on my <laughs> And so, I mean, it's every season is like a problem, problem solving of just like, what am I bad at? How do I get better? And so, you know, I've had it on the weightlifting side and I had to reach out, reach out to a power lifter and be like, teach me how to deadlift. And then other times it's like, all right, my swimming is terrible. And so like this last season, um, you know, I was swimming three times a week and I swam more in the 2020 season than I had in my whole CrossFit career. And then on top of it, I'm swimming next to Tia for every workout. Girl's a fish. And she is the best swimmer at the games, male or female. She beats all the dudes in swims. And so it's like, not only is this my weakest thing, it's her strongest thing. And so it's like, I'm trying to keep up with her on anything I can. And it's like, just a beat down every day. So, I mean, it differs every year. Um, You know, other years I've put in, um, I put an emphasis on like assault bike stuff. You know, not only was I not good at assault bike, but I'm the wrong build to get any advantage on it. And so I go to my aerobic coach. I'm like, how do I not only get better, but how do I win? Mm -hmm. How do I win on this assault bike? Mm -hmm. Even though the cards are stacked against me, like Mm -hmm. let's hammer this thing until I'm so comfortable and confident on it that it doesn't matter that I'm not built for it. Um, Now I have a question that is purely based on my own curiosity. And I've wondered this for years now as an outsider looking into the CrossFit world, I've noticed that, Sometimes leading up to the CrossFit games, I'll notice all of like the top guys will just like randomly start mountain biking. And then yeah. I'm like, I know where this okay, is going. All right. That's odd. It seems like Noah's mountain biking and Rich is mountain biking and all these guys are mountain biking. And then whoop, surprise, mountain biking's in the CrossFit games. Yeah. So what's, what's happening there? Are so, people getting leaked information? Like what? what so how does that work? So a couple of things. Um, there are certain competitors that do get leaked information. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that that is a known fact. People have been caught doing it. Um, it's it, it's just a thing, you know. Like when some of the people that are working the competitions are friends, or some of the people that are competing, like some stuff will get out. Um, sneaky devils, I knew it. Sneaky, and sneaky. Th- there's some that it's like, you know, someone caught something in a video in the background, maybe, or like. So there's that. So it's like a bit of speculation also sometimes. So so like there has been stuff before where it's like someone has been caught 
being sent the workout early. Um, I don't think that plays a big factor in much. Like it's happened once or twice. Uh Um, We know when we go to the games that we're going to be doing some more odd stuff. You know, the resources that competition has are very vast. And so there's certain things that like we'll do as competitors of like, all right, the games are now going to Madison, Wisconsin. What is in Madison, Wisconsin? Trek, Trek bikes. So it's like, it's like the home of the Ironman, you know, like yep. there's certain things about the demographic, about the, so like the, the first, geography the first like, year hmm. it went, the games went to Madison. We went out there in like February or March mm-hmm. or something. And we started going to the park, the national park and be like, Hey, uh, what, what events do you guys host here? They're like, Oh, we do like, like a couple times a year we'll do a triathlon, but it's like an off-road triathlon. So it's like a 5k trail run and then it's a mountain bike and then a swim in the open water. So like we're going out and doing all this research. We're looking at what other local businesses are in the area, what other competitions are hosted in the area. Well, it's the same thing Um, as this year. It's like, okay, the games are now in Aromas and it's like, all right, well, likely if it's going to be in Aromas, it's going to be at the ranch. Likely if it's going to be at the ranch, there's going to be some sort of like hill running, you know, like you guys did that one year when you went to the ranch. So it's almost like you can kind if you're smart. You can kind of figure it out. I okay. mean, you might not know what it's going to be, but you can at least prepare yourself as best you can. Sure. Yeah. And then like you go to the CrossFit Games page and the banner on the page, all the sponsors, every contract, it's like if they partner with a brand, the brand wants to be represented on your website. And so I remember like one year at regionals, it was like there was a new sponsor. I think it was like Assault was now on there or something. And it was like, oh, that's new. All right, like all right. Is that the year that they came out with the runners? Yeah, I think I think that may have been it or something, or the first year with the assault bike. Yeah, it was like okay, they officially partnered with Assault Fitness, so now we know they're going to implement that. Or like the first time they partnered with Five Eleven Tactical, and now it's like, all right, we're going to be using a Five Eleven vest. Or the year that they partnered with Go Rock, it's like okay, well, you can expect to see those backpacks. Yeah, so I think I think with like. Prior to the games, people are basically applying their fitness to stuff outside the gym because that's likely what we're going to see a lot of at the games. But then there is also the stuff of, you know, whether it's someone posting someone from CrossFit posting a picture of a bike. So you don't know if it's going to be a hundred meter sprint or a hundred mile ride, I see. but you know, you're going to be on a bike. So you just start playing with it. So you can get ahead of the learning curve of like how to shift, how to how to break into a corner, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Now, so I've had this experience with school where I've speculated what's going to be on a test. Oh yeah. And then I see page one and I'm like, fuck, I'm failing. (laughs) Has that ever happened to you with CrossFit where you've just got, you've speculated and just got it dead wrong at the games. You like put up all your apples in one basket. I mean like like, not even there this year, (laughs) this year swimming three times a week. I put more miles in swimming than I have in my whole CrossFit career this year because that was my biggest weakness from the year prior. I was so far behind everyone else that I was like, this is where I can make up the most ground. And a lot of the guys who are some of the top people in the sport have swimming backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So not only are they likely to get to the swimming stage, but now they're going, they, they cannot put any effort towards it and still do very well. Mm -hmm. So I need, I'm kind of like a double whammy here. Um, 
And so I started swimming three times a week where the most I'd ever done was swimming once a week for maybe a couple months out of the year. Mm -hmm. I'm swimming three times a week for the whole year. And like the volume I was putting in was bigger. The distances were longer, everything. Um, And then we show up this year for swimming and we had a total of 200 meters in the pool (laughs) in 50 meter intervals. (laughs) And so like when they announced the workout, I was like, shit. I'm like, this is the first time that I'm like, no, you give, wanted a give swim. me some, yeah. give me some thousands. Like I've been hammering 1800 meter yeah. intervals, open water, yeah. fucking kicking you know, sharks you, away. Whatever. This, is the, this is the first time a, we're in a pool instead mm-hmm. of open water. It's the shortest swimming interval I've ever done in competition. So I was like, ah, shit. That sucks. but it wasn't even like, I was disappointed at like how much I mean, it was just how much better I got, but it wasn't a complete waste because swimming is a phenomenal Mm -hmm. training tool. Mm -hmm. You know, A, the mental strength and just like keeping your composure. You're out in the middle of a lake. You don't don't have the option of panicking. Like if you panic, you're you're in trouble. Um, But like keeping the composure, you know, keeping your heart rate down, holding your breath while working out. And then it's a full body workout that's low impact. So it wasn't a waste but it was just really disappointing because I'm like, I worked really hard on this and I want to show it off. Yeah. So it, it wasn't the end of the world. But I mean, there's been a lot of times like that of the year with the pig flip mm-hmm. uh, 2015, you know, this pig flip workout. I mean, it's just like a simulated tire flip. It mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I know. I know the piece yeah. you're talking about. Um, and, you know, I did so poorly at it and I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to turn this weakness into a strength. So I bought one of those pigs put it in the gym and I would just go in Sunday nights when no one was there to watch me. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I didn't want to have to like be terrible in front of other people. I'm like, I'm comfortable being bad, but I just don't want people making fun of me while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I like, I got really, really fucking good at this pig. And I figured this is a perfect opportunity of like, all right, you went from losing the games. Now you want to win it. You got to like overcome the, your kryptonite. Basically the pig uh-huh. is what was a huge contributing factor to that last year. And so, I mean, I put in hours on that thing and, uh, and then it just, it hasn't it, been back since <laughs> it never showed up again in my CrossFit yeah. career. And it was so disappointing because I put so much time and effort into, into like getting better at it. So it, we, we, we spoke about weaknesses. What do you, I'm curious to, to know if you've identified what differentiates you from the other competitors by like so much. I think, like you're not just winning by a few points. You're winning by a landslide. Yeah, I think. I, so what is it about you? I, I I don't think it's just one thing. You know, um, I think the big thing is, you know, it's become the thing to say of like, oh, I dedicate my life to this. This is all I think about, like from sun up to sundown, all this stuff. But when people are preaching that, but then every other picture is they're at their favorite restaurant, their favorite donut shop, or they're at the beach or whatever it is. It's like where the fuck did you get time to go out to eat? Where, where did you get time to have an afternoon at the beach? And not only are you taking time away from the beach, I know when I go to the beach, I'm fucking exhausted after like just that sun zaps it, yeah. zaps it out of you. Um, like my day from eyes open to eyes closed revolves around training and making everything ideal for training. Um, I think that that kind of goes back when you were like, you know, what are the, what are the sacrifices? It's like, that's hard to answer in the moment, but then you kind of look at like, your life is so skewed. Like that's the sacrifice. The sacrifice is that you will do anything and everything to be the best and to provide, I mean, 
if that means that, hey, I'm not going to the beach even for an hour in the afternoon because it's going to totally drain me for tomorrow's workout, then it's just not worth it. So it's like those are just daily sacrifices that. But and like I, I take it a step further of like even going to the beach and then, you know, I'm looking at it of like, what if I step on a piece of glass while I'm there? Like and I slice open my foot like there goes uh-huh. a week of training minimum, you know, like, like when I get really close to competition, it's like, I will stop using certain knives in the house. No shit. I'll be eating dinner and I won't use a steak knife. I'll use a butter knife because what if I slip and I cut my thumb? Are you serious? Well then, then my hook grip. When have you slipped your finger? Oh, I, I did it once out of the training center and like it ruined training for weeks because like I sliced off the side of my finger. And then anytime I would hook rip, it would bust open and just gush everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't stop using knives, but it's like, I'll just use a butter knife when I'm eating my steak. Like that's how conscious I am of like for, for the hook rip, you cut your thumb. Like how many different movements in CrossFit do you hook rip for? How often do you need your grip? And it's like, yeah, it may not even make a difference, but what if you have a 50 chest to bar and you get to 48 and then that little bit of blood that's there, makes you stop and take a chalk break. Well, that can be the difference between first and second place, even by half a second. And so I'm, I'm looking at all those little things, you know, like I stopped riding my motorcycle probably a month before the games, because I've had that before where I got sideswiped on my bike and my ankle ballooned up and I couldn't squat below parallel. And so it's like, well, yeah, I probably could ride my motorcycle and be perfectly fine. But if I get hit a month out of the games, do I have enough time to recover? kind of close you know um let's be honest guys i cut a steak for him <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about you, chew, you chew it too <laughs> i don't chew it i don't go that far but we cut it we i cut a steak it's fine um he'll be okay i mean what what else is there i mean there, there's some, is that typical like do no. other competitors behave that way no i mean there's there's competitors and and it's kind of an unfortunate situation because it's a lose-lose if after the competition you don't have the results you have well, you want to give the reasoning of like, ah, oh, well, you know, I had this injury, so that's why I didn't do well. But if you don't announce that injury, people just assume that you aren't good anymore. And so they uh-huh. write you off. And then if you announce the injury, it's like, oh, you're making excuses. Or you you're know? an idiot for getting, for exactly. yourself. It's, yeah. it's a no win situation. Um, and so that's, I mean, I just try to avoid that. You, you know, John Jones. Yeah. I thought he had, a really bizarre but interesting approach where he intentionally parties super hard right before uh, his yeah. fights and because so then he, he has, wants to have that excuse. He's so like, if I lost, ah, well, I didn't do, I didn't like try yeah, my hardest. Yeah, I, I remember hearing that. I went on parties. And, and that's, so but that's, he still never loses. <laughs> that, that's the way I was in like 2015 where, you know, I intentionally kept the bad diet. I intentionally kept the shitty sleep schedule, the inconsistent training. Because then it's like, if you lose, it's like, oh, I wasn't even trying that hard. Like mm-hmm. whatever. I got, I got second place. I got on the podium without even trying or taking seriously. And then in 16, it was like, well, no, I don't want that. I don't, I'd rather risk taking first place and sacrificing a bunch of stuff throughout the year mm-hmm. than having a very, very like impressive podium finish of like, right. dude, dude doesn't even try and he still got third. And it's like, well, Okay. Well, what if yeah. I tried? Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, so Sammy doesn't like the word sacrifice. Yeah. Do you feel 
that what you did was a sacrifice or were you just so all into it that those were all things you wanted to do? I, I think, I think there's a couple, couple of ways of looking at it. Like there, there's certain things I say that it's just, I don't like, it's just the vernacular that's used so commonly. So instead of explaining myself, it's just like, it's easier to say like, ah, oh, you know, I just yeah. deal with those sacrifices and do it. I think there is some stuff that I do look at as a sacrifice because there were things throughout the season that i'm like man i would really fucking love to eat this or i would really love to stay up late and do that or you know just i love taking road trips just getting in the car and driving for 12 hours and not worrying about like having a proper bed or having a place to train the next morning all that type of stuff i i look at what i've done as if like the pros outweigh the cons like without a question sure. you know so i'm sure you w- wouldn't do it if they didn't right yeah i mean like i'm gonna keep working out but like my day from sun up to sundown isn't going to revolve i'm not going to put myself through certain things if a paycheck isn't dependent on if my livelihood isn't dependent on me you know doing thousand meter repeats or doing hill sprints and like again heat stroke like we had some wild fucking days this last summer mm-hmm. like there's this hill that we kept going to that was it was a half point, mile point five five miles yeah and it was like a perfect like 40 degree oh, incline the whole way and there's no shade black black asphalt and like you're there in the mid tennessee heat and like it like for context i mean you could give your times i'll give mine it took me four minutes to run up this half mile like stretch. max effort like, Oof. dying and fresh. then you fresh and then you jog down you rested what i mean every time it was different right and then you did it again i mean there were times where we were doing that five times in a row and it was just like <sighs> yeah it's a I long mean, like, four minutes you feel me. like you are in a full sprint the whole way up yeah. and then like you know the progressions change throughout the season so you know at first you're hitting the top you're waiting a minute you're walking down resting two minutes do it again by the end of the season, it's you run up, you run I down, know. run up, run down five times through with no break. And and then it was, okay, now grab a sandbag and yeah. do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, so then, then there's like, stuff yeah. like that. All right, now we're doing it with a weight vest. Now we're doing it with a sandbag, mm-hmm. not like all these different things. And those I days, those days, like loved they're, it. they're, they're the they're best, sicko. they're yeah. the best memories. Yeah. Now that we're past it, it's the thing that, in the moment when you're dying, you're thinking, good, this is, this is the feeling that I've been chasing. Like there's certain movements that I get where I'm like, this is going to make a fucking champion right here. Yeah. And it's in that moment where you're tasting pennies, you know, you're getting the head tingles. And part of me, I'm like, dude, I'm about to get heat stroke, but like, this is good. Like this is getting me more prepared for California. Cause it's going to be fucking hot. We're, you're running hill sprints out there. Like, and it's like, desert conditions mm-hmm. um i should clarify it's not that i loved it and it's not that i loved it because it was hard or that it was like a suffering thing i loved it because it was like it uh, it was inclusive it was something that i could do that i was you know my times were not necessarily the same right but like if t and i were doing it five sammy would do it four and we'd mm-hmm. finish about the same time yeah mm-hmm. and it was just something That's that nice. it was like i got to be a part of and i got to witness and i got to like feel at least my level of what it is that they were going through and just kind of like on my own level, be a part of the little training, you know, session for the day or whatever it was. So that's why I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I think moments like that, 
I'm looking at that as sacrificing. Like I'm sacrificing like I don't probably my well being isn't the right word, but like I'm sacrificing well, yeah, sac- in sketchy situations. I'm sacrificing like- that moment of pain for a lifetime of freedom. Like mm. I know what what the consequences of that are gonna be down the road. And I'm like, this is what's gonna make me into a champion. I hate every second of it. I'm appreciative. I appreciate it because I know what the results are going to be and it's going to contribute to me winning the games. Um, do you think you can, do you think you can summarize the science of training for the CrossFit games? Like it just seems so I'm, I'm well versed in the exercise science world and I understand how to program for a lot of sports. I would not know how to really program for a CrossFit. Yeah. Basically, basically you're trying to simultaneously, create the strongest person you can with the best technique possible. So they're efficient in their lifts. So not only can they hit the one rep, but they can hit the 30 rep for time without using as much, you know, energy. Um, and then you're also Yo, but that 30th rep looks bad. Other people's look bad. TNIs look beautiful. Um, <laughs> but then simultaneously creating a, conditioning monster where your body just eats lactic acid where your lactic threshold is as fucking high as possible you you just create like lactic acid doesn't do shit to you while also building that one rep max with good technique that's the simplest way and then there's like a thousand other skills in there as well of like all right, now you need to learn how to walk on your hands. Now you need to learn how to do gymnastics. Now you need to know the technique behind sprinting, the technique behind long distance running, assault bike, concept two bike, rogue echo bike. So like, much. There's so Jesus. many different things. But basically the way to summarize it, like the way I look at it is like just get myself so, so fucking strong that I can take some hits and a beating, mm-hmm. but then like – allow myself to produce as much lactic acid, my body can just flush it out at a faster rate than I can produce it. So how long are usually your sessions or were your sessions? I'd say like peak season, like the longest I'll ever train a day is probably like seven, eight hours. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, like those are, those aren't necessarily the hardest training days because your volume is huge out of necessity. So like I'm doing like an hour and a half on a spin bike, just like low heart rate. Cause that's how you build yeah. that. That's how you build that zone two conditioning. That's how you condition your muscles to just fucking live off lactic acid. Do you uh, watch TV when you do it? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. sessions like that, like you're just over conversation pace. Okay. So it's like, I'm still like, I just put a laptop on, put my headphones in, I'm watching movies and mm-hmm. like, listen you know, to a podcast, listen to like, a podcast. Like yeah. I'm, I'm still like, I'm, I'm trying not to, but like if someone calls, I can take the call and still have a conversation. Um, but that's when the high volume squatting workouts come in. So just the squat, like front squat, back squat training is just shy of an hour. Mm -hmm. And then you put in a 90 minute spin bike workout. And then like, if you go for a run or do any other session and now add in like a mech on here and some accessory work, 
I mean, accessory like, work, you guys know how that is. It's uh-huh. like, it's not for time, it's for quality. And you got to do four rounds and then you're going to take a little bit of a break and you're going to do four rounds of something else. And it's like all of a sudden between conversations or you pick up your phone or like, you know, just transitioning from station to station, all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, that was a quick, quick 90 minutes, you know? Uh, yeah. And then from there, you know, the, the reps go down, the intensity comes up. So like your time spent in the gym is a little bit less. And then it's like right before the game, it's probably two weeks. That's when volume is just fucking huge because you're just preparing for the games and the games is a different beast than than any other competition like we've had the games where it's like we had four events and one of them was a marathon row like so you're sitting on the rower for three hours um this year the games are day one was five events um so you know like that's just a physical beat down that you're have to prepare as much physically for as you do mentally. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like even this year, the games, like the five events, T and I finished that first day and we were like, that's it. Like that was not a lot of volume. Like let's do it again, you know, but like, that's how we prepared. And like, I think T and I probably this year way over prepared. Um, but I mean, blessing we, and a we, curse. Yeah, we, we didn't, that we didn't see that stretched out three months longer than it normally is. Yeah, we, you know? we didn't see that coming. And it's like we could have very easily been a very appropriately prepared, you know, uh-huh. uh, but to over prepare, though. Did you ever question your abilities to? Oh, every, every to day, win? every day. How do you deal with that? Um, in in one way, I don't want to deal with it. I love training scared. I love competing scared. Like I'm on the start line before every event I'm dry heaving, like dry heaving, puking. I'm like borderline in tears, scared of everyone doing really, really well. And me tripping, falling, breaking a wrist, ankle, whatever it is, or just like my weakness is exposed and their strengths are showcased. Um, So like I, I'm walking into a competition like the last four years. I'm like, this is the year. This is the year that, you know, everything that they've said gets shown to be true. And this is the year that I walk away, not the champion. Um, I'm thinking that every day in the gym, it's probably not the healthiest, but I found that's how I get the best prepared because I'm, I'm looking for what could they throw at me that will expose me? What can they throw at me to, to throw me off my, I don't know my competition, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you know in training that what you're doing every day is the right thing? Because it really seems like you do because you're, you're winning by landslides and it seems like every year that gap between you and second place is just, just bigger grows. Bigger. Yeah. I think I, the scariest year was going into the 2016 season because that was the first year that I made changes outside of the gym um, to complement my training inside the gym. So that was the first year that I set a bedtime, that I set a wake up time, that I followed a half sane diet. Um, that was the first year that I had ever talked to anyone about my mental performance. It was the first time I followed a training program, all these things. Did you work with a sports psychologist? Uh, not back then. Like the last year or two, we... I've had a couple conversations with one. Mm-hmm. Um, like she came to the house, spent a little time with us, but it was more just like she came over for a day or two. 
I met her just randomly sitting next to her at Rogue, oh, like wow. in the stands. Yeah, your, so, your dad offered her a piece of gum. Yeah. Everyone likes the guy with a stick of gum. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were talking well, about how you uh, know know you're doing the right thing. You're oh, saying yeah. That was the scariest season for you. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like, I'm kind of making these at the time I was looking at it as sacrifices because there was no upside to it yet. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know, like having to say no to going to my best friend's bachelor party. Like I'm in his wedding party and I didn't, I didn't go, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, like, um, I walked to my college graduation. I did that. Yeah. But you know, just little things that like, eh, it would have been nice to be there because hopefully my friends only get married once, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was just all like, nope. That's not contrib- contributing to my goal, so I'm not going to do it. So that was... Do you feel selfish? Oh, very. Yeah. And that was all intentional of like, I'm giving myself one year. Like in the grand scheme of things, one year is not a very long time at all. Um, but I was like, I'm going to dedicate everything for one year. And it wasn't even a full year. It was like one season, so maybe eight months. Um, but every decision is going to be towards this. And then... Because after the 2015 games, I had all these what ifs. What if my sleep was better? What if my training was better? What if my diet was better? Would that have been the thing that ticked it up that extra percent and I could have won? So I went into the 2016 season saying, like, I'm not going to have any what ifs. Like, if I get second place, if I get 10th place, I know that's what I deserved. Um, But without any guarantee of an upside, yeah, you're questioning, like, fuck, was that worth it? Was that worth the the not going to my friend's party, not going out to dinner with these people, not doing that? Um, but it was after I had those results in 2016. So the, the first time I won, I set the record for the largest margin of victory ever at the games. And I went, oh, shit, that worked. Mm-hmm. All right, let me double down on that. And I mean, you know, you've I, even said, too, like, <clears throat> you know if I show up to the games and someone's lifting more than me or someone's running faster than me or whatever, I want it to be that, you know, I can't, I'm putting myself in a place where I can't be disappointed in the, in the results that I get because I've done everything that I can. I know that this is the the strongest I'll be. This is the fastest I'll be. I can't control what other people are doing, but at least I know that when I leave that competition, that I've done everything in my power. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you say all the time, like, well, I don't know if I'm doing the right things. I'm hoping that all of the decisions I'm making are are preparing me to be the best that it can be. And then come game time that it I'm able to execute and that, you know, mm-hmm. that other people are just not necessarily targeting their weaknesses or like whatever it is. I mean, you're just hoping that you're showing up and like, OK, with the effort that you're giving. So did you, so, okay. So I know now that there was fear and doubt, was there also confidence and how did you like balance that out? Mm. I think, hmm, I don't know. I think there was confidence when I was on the competition floor. Um, like I never showed weakness. Like actually, no, I take that back. Like some of the competitors would see me dry heaving. Mm. And like the first time they see it, they're like, yo, what the fuck? And then now like Valner will make jokes with me. of like, yo, you, did you get it out before the event? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm good now. Um is it, that's nerves. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Just nerves. Um, like fear. Yeah. It, right. I mean, it's not pleasant. Um, what were you afraid of? Uh, not, not showing my full potential. 
like I'm not I'm not afraid to lose an event. I lose events all the time. The first time I won the CrossFit Games, I lost every event except for one. I lost 14 events. I'm not afraid of losing events. What I'm afraid of is having a lapse in judgment on the competition floor and not being proud of the effort after. Living with that regret forever. Because I had that at the 2015 games. Like I had a lapse in judgment. I was like, oh, I have a huge lead. Let him let him take this event. I'll I'll take the knock on the six points whatever i'm up by a hundred who cares and then going into the final event i think we were separated by like two points i'm like fuck wish i had those six points right now Mm -hmm. you know um and so it's just i'm so scared of not showing my full potential and tapping into everything in trade for a momentary like dose of like being relaxed, you know, getting mm-hmm. that instant gratification of like, all right, take an extra second for a mm-hmm. breath and boom, someone beats me. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, fuck, I don't know where we started on that question. Of like the, the confidence. confidence and yeah. Fear. yeah. I think the confidence, like, um, I think that the confidence hits like once the pain starts, once we're in the event, I've had many times where like I'm lined up next to another kid and we go out and it's like, you know, the workout you like, you should not do the first set unbroken. You like as common sense, common knowledge. And the kid next to me was maybe talking shit in the warm up room. And he goes, he's like, yo, I'm going to get you in this workout. I'm like, all right, let's see it. And go into the first set and he's doing touch and go. And I'm like, all right, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I know, I know, Hi. I know I can hang on. Can you? And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to call your bluff and I'm going to hang on to this bar. Cause I know I can hang on longer than you. Um, so it's once the event starts, that's when I know I can like outperform someone else. That's when mm-hmm. I know I can get in their head and push harder. Because I'm like, I know what I've done in training. I know what I'm willing to do. I know what I'm willing to suffer through to get the end result. Um, So, I mean, yeah, sometimes like I get beaten workouts all the time, but it's like the confidence comes in when, when I'm in the heat of it, like spin bike workouts. Like that's where I do a huge volume of training. Any cardio machine that I do at home, I do in front of a mirror. I I only look at myself Why is that? because I, I want, if I'm slacking off, I want to see how weak I look. I want to look at myself and go, you look like a f- bitch right now. Pick it up. <laughs> and then, if I, and then if I'm holding numbers that are like better than expected, I want to look at myself and go, you are a fucking superhero. You have lungs like a horse and I'm just building myself up mentally. I want to be proud of myself. I want to be proud of that person I see. And so like, I'll have full spin bike workouts where it's like, it is a pool of sweat underneath. And I'm looking at myself in the mirror and training and like, I'm training scared, but I'm also like getting pumped up and I'm building myself up just by watching that. Of like, you're holding the fucking numbers. No one can hold these fucking numbers like you. No one has a lung capacity like you. No one has a lactic threshold like you. So then when I'm showing up to the competition, it's like, I don't know how to look weak. I don't like, my, my movement never breaks down because it's either it's so ingrained into me or I'm, I'm picturing watching myself and like you finish, you finish a workout and you hit your back. 
And it's like, no, you look weak. Stand up, be proud, like act dominant. You know, you just won that workout, walk around, you know? Um, so, I mean, there, there's all these little fucking mind games I play with myself in training, but like, I, I love the idea of watching yourself train and making yourself proud. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard someone talk about like, pretend like this documentary crew walk, like filming you all the time. What do you want to see in your movie? Like be your own superhero, be your own role model. Like that's why you have a role model. Like what would they do in this situation? Who's yours? I don't have one specific one. I have traits of people that I admire. Like, you know, like someone like Mike Tyson, his like just ferociousness in the ring. I'm like, that is the coolest thing ever. His life outside the ring, his life was chaos. I wouldn't trade you two nickels for that. Mm-hmm. Um, blew $600 million. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I have, I have people that are in my personal life where I'm like, you built up this business empire and your work ethic is so admirable to me. But your choice in life partner, pfft, no way. Um, other people, I'm like, you, you have the best relationship I've ever seen, you know, but like they don't apply themselves in business or at their job or whatever it is. And so I, I try to look at that or like pick out those individual traits. I'm like, what is it about that trait that makes you so good at what you do? Mm-hmm. And I just try to like take a little pinch from here, a little pinch from there. And like, so, I mean, it's stuff from all around that I'm like, wow, you fucking crush it in that division. I admire that. How do you do it? Let me take some notes on that. Let me pick your brain on that. Um, I mean, the, every aspect of my life, there's someone that I admire in that division, but I, I've talked about it more and more with Sammy over the time of like the more and more time and the more and more people I meet, the more and more appreciative I am for her and the life that we've built because we're building the life that's ideal for us. You know, like I'm sure there's some stuff in my life that you would look at and be like, Oh, that's pretty fucking cool. And then there's a ton of it that you're like, no, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're not living that life. Like mm-hmm. you set up your life mm-hmm. for yourself. Um, but yeah, I think there's, I, I don't, the long answer short, there, there's no one person that I admire, but there's you admire different traits from different people. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. Let me pose it in a slightly different way. If you could have lunch with one person. Oh man. That's I, such a hard question. Yeah. yeah. There, there's too many people. And on top of it, there's so many people that I, I've probably never even heard of that are living the coolest lives or that I admire so sure. much about. Like I've met so many people because of the combination of CrossFit and social media, mm-hmm. people that I would have never, ever crossed paths with that are some of the most interesting people I've ever met. And we live absolute parallel lives. How cool is that, man? It is. That's what I love the most about social media. The mm-hmm. fucking coolest. Like. You know, something as simple as me, I love coffee. I post something of like, I love coffee. And I have a hundred DMs of people being like, I love coffee too. Let's talk about it. Um, (laughs) And it's like, you're immediately connected with this whole network of people that have the same interest. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I have it all the time of, you know, woodworking, welding. Like I've met some of these people. Like I have one buddy, uh, like a gun salesman. And I'm like, I would have never met you before you live in fucking Minnesota. Why would we ever cross paths? But he likes CrossFit and like we share these common interests. Uh, my tattoo artist in Italy, 
Like this guy is like world renowned and he lives in Southern Italy. Sam and I go, go hang out with him all the time. I think the other thing to note too, and like the coolest part is that like super cheesy line of, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. Like these people that we know and that we've met and have, you know, similar interests and are like doing completely different things yet. There's some sort of life parallels. It's all like, they are all the best at what they do. They're not just like, oh yeah, I like to sell guns. It's like, no, he's the number one gun salesman in the U.S. It's not just like, oh yeah, I, I like tattoos. It's like, no, he is the best tattoo artist. And I, I mean, I just think that that's like the cool thing of, I mean, even you guys, it's like, you guys are not only stud athletes, stud at business, stud at program. Like there's so many things that it's not just like, yeah, we dabble like, oh, you know, like I compete sometimes or like, oh, we have this business. It's like, no, it's a, it, everything is just like top. Mm-hmm. So I think that's been the coolest thing is like, you know, your vibe attracts like, your tribe. It's just like when I am all in on something, you're attracting other people that are all in on what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a cool way to look at it. Mm-hmm. What yeah. about challenges? Huh? What's the biggest challenge you've ever faced? I was like, we're going to have a fun conversation. It's going to be silly times. And here I am getting into like the te- deepest topics. Uh, I don't know about challenges. I don't know. Like what, what's yours? Like what, what's an example of this? I mean, like I, I've had to deal with a bunch of stuff. But I don't know like what's classifying as a challenge. For, yeah. For me, there's been a few moving by myself to the States, you know, at 18, uh, having to quit the sport that identified me at the time at the expense of trying to learn a new language and trying to fit into a new culture and trying to figure out myself out by myself and then getting kicked out of grad school, getting injured, having to switch sports. You you got kicked out of grad school? Yeah. What'd you do? I failed one test. There was a stupid policy that if you got less oh. than a 75, you got kicked out. But I didn't even know I got kicked out. So I went to Canada, spent Christmas with his family, came back to like a pile of mail of them pretty much saying, you know, you, you had X amount of days to submit an appeal. You didn't. So oh, good to see you later. Damn. Yeah. And then she had to go in front of like uh, a 20 round table and like basically Present plea for them to let her back in, which yeah. they did. And she showed them and like finished. Yeah. But I mean, it was interesting. Like I literally, you know, I've, I've never failed a test in my life. Like I've gotten C's, but like I've never failed a test. And just to sit there in front of everybody and just pretty much be torn to pieces and just told, you know, all of your weaknesses that you have, all the things that you're doing wrong, you know, and how, how you think pretty much what they told me is like, you're not as strong as a student as you think you are. You can't be both an athlete and a physical therapist. Well, like, it's, it's people putting you up in a chair, taking your personal inventory, and then you've turned yourself into a chained up dog that's getting kicked. And much. you know, like they have something you want and they have this sense of power of, of airing out all your dirty laundry, like just in berating you. Pretty much. And if you stand up and say, no, you're wrong. If you stand up and say, no, fuck you, anything, they're like, oh, oh, fuck me. Oh, you're kicked out of school. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's been I like, hate, I hated that. that. That's been a big thing for me. And I've had a lot of talks, um, you know, with like my manager, with Sammy, all this stuff. And, and I've said, I'm like, I feel like a chained up dog right now. 
I'm a chained up dog and people are taking their fucking kicks at me. Mm -hmm. It's only a matter of time before I bite. And, and, you know, for a long time, it was like, fuck it. If I bite, like, who am I hurting? I'm hurting myself because now it's like, you know, they can, they can take the low road and, and like do some shitty stuff to you of like, you know, get fired or like kicked out of competitions, whatever it is. Like, who knows? Mm -hmm. I don't know the extent that other people want to go, but like, it's been years of like, Yo, there's there's only so much of a beating I can take before mm-hmm. I fucking bite back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, that's a nice thing of like, you guys are self-employed. You guys run your own business. The, what's someone going to do? Like cancel the membership? Oh, okay, you know, you hate to see them go or like something like that. But like no one can fire you. That's the beauty of being self-employed. And that's the one thing like I'm I'm looking forward to down the road of just like, nope. I can, I'll do whatever I want. I don't need anyone else's opinion because I've had bosses in the past where it's like they messed up, but then they tell their boss that it was my fault. And, and I speak up like, no, I'm not taking your bl- blame. Like, and it's just purely out of principle. Mm-hmm. Like, no, don't make me look bad because you messed up. Mm-hmm. And I remember someone telling me, it's like, oh, you know, sometimes, you know, he's the boss. You just got to bend over and take it. And I was like, fuck that. I was like, no. That's you. Yeah. I was like, you will be behind the desk the rest of your life. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I need, I'm doing something bigger, better. Like, I'm not going to be your whipping boy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there's just certain, all, yeah. certain people are just wired that way. I remember for me, it was my first ever job. I was doing data uh, analysis at a research lab and I accidentally dropped my protein shake. It fell on the floor, not on the computer where I was working. And it was like, this massive thing, man, like he, he, the, the, uh, research director humiliated me in front of everybody, like pick up your protein shake. Like, what are you doing? It's clearly stated that there's no food allowed in the lab, just like screaming at me and pretty much just like watching me clean it. And it was the most humiliating thing ever, ever. Like everyone, nobody helped me pick up the protein shake. And you know, the, the paper towel from school, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I had. Yeah. You know that fucking paper towel? <laughs> yeah, that, that video that just came out. It's like a whole pile of just spreading the chocolate milk Dude, even more. That was me. That was me. That's like it would just not go away. You know, it was 15 oh minutes of like trying to pick it up with a paper towel. <laughs> and it was that moment where I was like, no, fuck this. Yeah. I'm not working for anyone. I'm not working for anyone. But then being your own boss also comes with its challenges. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's just a whole different it's set. It's a whole different and it's thing. Like, well, that's why we had to hire real adults like Ian Candace. and Candace. <laughs> Ian, who's three years younger than us. Yeah. But Ian's probably been an adult since he was like 10, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah he definitely guys. audited that his young, parents. <laughs> that young Sheldon life. Yeah. And let me tell you, there, yeah, was there some were some discrepancies. discrepancies. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we can laugh because he's here. Yeah. Somewhere. Where is he right there? <laughs> what else you got there, hey? Uh, Matt Fraser, the goat. What, is, what do you think about that? Do you accept it? Do you feel comfortable hearing that? Um, I mean, it's been a goal of mine for a very long time to like have the most wins, the most event wins, the biggest margin of victory, like all these things. It's been a very big goal. Um, but like nothing in my day to day changes. Like I see Sammy every day. I see Shane and T every day, like Matt O'Keefe, my parent, like the people in my life aren't there for, for any reason of if I'm winning or losing, um, you know, like the house we live in is 
because we want to live there, not because we have to, or because that's just what we can afford. It's like all these things, like the car I drive doesn't change depending on like how much I'm winning or how much I'm making. Um, the house I'm living in, the person I'm spending my life with, nothing in my life changes. I do all the shit I do because I want to, not because I have to. Um, you know, it's a tremendous sense of pride that comes with it of like, you know, does it feel good to prove all the people wrong that kind of talk shit on you over the years? It's like, yeah, that feels great, but that's not why I was doing it. It's a bonus, but it's not why I was doing it. Um, yeah, I think, I think it'll take a bit more time to kind of sit back and realize it's still so new. Yeah. It's like, I mean, fuck the season's about to start again. You know what I mean? It's like, there's not a lot of time between, one and the other and, and you know, what, what comes next. Yeah. And I guess I'm still just not used to it. Like even the other day when we went into the boxing gym and like, I see a dude there and like, you kind of nudge me like, yo, he's a bare knuckle. He's a bare knuckle boxer. And you kind of tell me some quick stories and I'm like, that is the coolest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> and like, I start talking to him a little bit. And then when he's like, yo, can I grab a picture with you? And I'm like, you want a picture with me? Dude, I want a picture with you. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, You're talking about Jake? Yeah. yeah. And then Gogo, you know, like, yeah. I started kind of just chit-chatting with him, just making small talk. Like, hey, man, like, how long you been boxing or whatever? This, we had masks on. And, and he's kind of like, hey, like, you kind of look like a guy named Matt. And I, like, just kind of pulled it down. And he's like, holy shit, you are <laughs> Matt Fraser. And I'm like. How do you know? I'm like, what do you mean? Holy shit. It's Matt Fraser. I'm like, I'm like, you're, we're in your world right now. We're in a boxing ring. This is your world. Like you can tune me up in here, you know, like, so just that type of stuff. It's still strange to me that like someone who's not a CrossFitter knows my name, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm looking at Jake, like, I'm like, you are the most badass man I've <laughs> ever met, you know? And, and he's, and I'm, I'm, I remember telling Go, I'm like, dude, like what you do is so cool. Like, this is so cool to watch. Not only do I think the sport is cool, mm -hmm. but watching people that are in their element, you know, like mm -hmm. the way they're moving, the coordination, the reaction time, all this stuff. I'm like, you clearly have years into this. And I'm just sitting on the sideline, just mesmerized, like watching the footwork, watching the hips, watching how they're moving their head, everything. And I'm like, this is fucking wild. And then for them to say like, man, it's crazy. Like I watch what you do and I think it's cool. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You know, it's just, you know, it's, it's just foreign to me because no one I'm around gives a fuck that I'm winning. Um, <laughs> so like it, and like, I'm, I'm a very introverted person, you know, I'm not out socializing a ton. Um, so who knows, maybe that'll change over time. Um, I have my, I doubt it. Um, but I mean, like I have an appreciation watching other people, do their thing. I mean, I think it's phenomenal. Like, remember the first time I met you watching you deadlift. <laughs> oh, Jesus, bro. Oh my goodness. The two of them. Cap, can you throw uh, the big one outside? No, no, <laughs> the, the small the, one. The, the, one, the, the small, small one. one. Sure. Um, yeah. Are you yep, running go on. around somewhere? Go on. I was about to get a compliment, bro. No, I forgot what I was saying. Fuck <laughs> <you>. <laughs> no, but, Stir like, up another one. Come on, let's go. Yeah. Um, like the, the first time I, I came down to Miami and, and watched you train, you know, like not only are you doing stuff like 
exercises that I've never even thought of doing, but then watching you, like you and I are sharing a barbell and I'm like, holy fuck, she's a fraction of my weight <laughs> and pulling, we're sharing a deadlift bar, you know, um, seeing you in your element, seeing you like the videos of you in the animal cage, you know, stuff like that. I have no interest in learning how to sumo deadlift a world record number. Like I know what's involved in the dedication to get there and I have no interest in doing it. But watching someone else do it in their element, it I could watch yeah, that shit cool. all day. Because you understand what it takes to get there. Yeah. And I like feel the same way. Same thing like bodybuilding. I look at that. I'm like, I have no interest in putting on some cute little panties, getting up on stage and like hitting my poses. But like I've met some of the top bodybuilders. And I'm like, dude, I have nothing but respect for you. Like the hours and the dedication and like watching this craft stuff that is going on in your day-to-day life that I would never even think of, like in terms of diet, nutrition, sleep, like their training, all this stuff. Um, I love that shit. It is so cool to watch people in their element. Yeah. Yeah. It is amazing. If you had to step away right now from CrossFit, are you one, how do you want to be remembered? And two, are you happy with the legacy you've built? Um, how do I want to be remembered? I've always kind of jokingly said, like, ah, don't bother remembering me. <laughs> like, like I came here to do what I what I did, and I'm just going to disappear. Um, I think it's been too much of a chunk of my life to want to do that. Um, you know, I've built too many, like, of phenomenal relationships in the space. You know, I've dedicated so much of my life to it. I've fallen in love with it. Um, I can never just walk away um, in terms of like just leaving the space altogether. I think I have something to offer in terms of like, you know, I spent 10 years as an Olympic weightlifter. I spent eight years as a CrossFitter and I've done pretty well in both. Um, so I think I, I've learned some lessons along the way. I think I have some valuable stuff I can talk about. Um, and so just finding the right outlet to do that, whether that's coaching one person individually, kind of taking someone under my wing, you know, whether they're already at the top level and kind of taking them to the next or just bringing some beginners up. You know, I, I haven't decided on that stuff yet. Um, I, I would love to be known for a, like the mental side of the competition, um, how much effort I put in, in preparation and breaking stuff down, um, you know, and thinking like, I, I think I do a lot of stuff that the other competitors don't do on the mental side of things. Um, I've never shown that, you know, I've been criticized for just flying by the seat of my pants and going out hot and just being able to hang on. And I'm like, all right, I'll let you think that for now. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I definitely want to be remembered as like the most dominant, you like, like if I'm showing up to a competition, you're fighting for second place. Um, I like that mentality. I like the fact that, and I don't think I've lost an in-person competition since like August, 2015. Um, so I, I put a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort into that, a lot of pain, a lot of tears. Um, but it's what I wanted. So I did it. Mm -hmm. um, if I walked away today, would I be happy? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it was a goal since day one. I remember before I won my first games being told like, no, you'll never, no one ever, ever will win four. Um, 
is that like people will be better people's benchmarks will be faster people will get stronger but the sport's growing too much no one will ever win four again and i just went okay give me time like that's that's now my goal you just told me i can't do it that's all i'm going to think of for the next five years um so like i i'm very happy with the career i had of you know biggest margin of victory four times most individual event wins most i think i have like maybe tied for the most regional wins um yeah i mean like i I grabbed a good number of records and you know, I'm very happy with the relationship that I built, especially the last two years training with Shane and Tia. You know, I'm le- I'm leaving the sport with love of my life, best friends. You know, it's opened the doors for so many opportunities. It's like there's not much to like that I don't love about what happened. You know, there there is obviously some tough times, but that's just life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with how my career has gone. Um, I mean, fuck, open starts in two months. Mm. How fat are you? Uh, not not <laughs> as fat as usual. I cleaned up I cleaned up the diet like two weeks ago. Just to cut for Miami? Yeah. I'm like, yo. Get a carb-free Christmas. Well, I mean, like, we're, we're, we're going to Aruba after this. And I'm like, yo, I got to look, look good in a swimsuit. <laughs> I, I wasn't killing myself, and I'm not, like, training a ton. But, like, I've done a couple bench press, a couple done couple right. curls, uh, you know, steering clear of like the hard, hard rowing and assault bike stuff, but try and trim it up for vacation. <laughs> yeah. One last question I'm curious about, um, how long ago did you start training with Tia? Two years, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Like December. Oh, eight. No, uh, <laughs> no, December. Um, it was October. Or, October of 2018. Yeah. How, how yeah. many wins does she have? Four. She's four. four. So so her and I had the exact same track record. She got second place two times, and then she's had four consecutive. And this last year, she set – no, two years ago, she set the largest margin of victory on the women's side, and then this last season, she broke it. Um, I mean, she's – in a league of her own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She totally is. Yeah. It was, I was living in Vermont and then she moved from Australia to Tennessee and I knew she was there and I had never really spoken to her. Like we'd say, Hey, how you doing at the games? But like never a meaningful yeah, the guys conversation. And the girls are so, so separated, like in the space, they're competing at different times. I mean, there's really other than like walking back. Yeah, like we were like yeah. ships passing in the night of yeah. like, hey, good luck. Thank you. You too. That type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew she moved back. I knew she had moved to Tennessee and I was still in Vermont, you know, and ending out the summer. And didn't I didn't really have intentions. I of didn't going have back to I Tennessee. didn't have any intentions of going moving back yeah. to our house in Tennessee. And then I started training. This is the first year that they had sanctionals. And so I. Dubai was the first one. It's in like mid-December. So I'm starting to get training for that. And I was just having a really hard time with it being in the gym by myself. Like, you know, just having company in the gym to help motivate me to get back into training. And so I tracked down her number. I called her. I was like, hey, this is Matt Fraser. Like, nice to meet you. Um, heard you're in Tennessee. I was like, if I move back tomorrow, will you train with me? And she was like, yes, please. Like, I need someone to train with. And, and so we packed up the truck that night 
and then drove 17 hours the next day, got to the gym. That was like our first introduction and we just kind of hit the ground running. You know, it just, it just clicked so well. The initial conversation we had, I was like trying to downplay of like, Hey, I'll do my training. You do your training. If there's ever anything that we like on each other's whiteboards, we'll just jump in on it. Um, but keeping it very casual. So there's no expectations. And, uh, you know, we just got along so well. Um, I found more benefit from doing her training with her than doing my training on my own. And so we just, I just started doing more and more of her stuff. We started linking up, making sure that we were coordinating to be at the gym at the same time together. And then Shane started like after a couple of weeks, started asking for my input on like, Hey, this is our training. Like, is there stuff you like that you don't like stuff that you want incorporated? You know, are there weaknesses that you have that you want me to start programming into our stuff? Mm -hmm. And so it just all worked so well. Um, we got along our personalities linked up really well. They're like brother and sister. Yeah. That's so, um, and so, I mean, it just worked out very well, very naturally. And, um, and I mean, she's the most like-minded person I've ever met in terms of like being nice and thoughtful, but then also being just fucking aggressive when, (laughs) oh, Jesus. Oh my goodness. <laughs> right in your mind. And it was like amplified. Yeah. Shit out of me. <laughs> Who needs a cup of coffee yeah. when you got that? Body tingles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's sick. I don't see anyone. I feel like I would try to copy that. Like I would try to find if I was if I was in that situation, I would try to find a guy to train with. That's like yeah. more or less on my level. level. Yeah, I mean I've I've done it for years. Um, you know, like I would train frequently with Katrin David's daughter. Um, I did the last couple of weeks of the games a couple of years ago, training with Kara uh, Saunders, um, you know, training with Sarah Sigmund daughter a bit. Like we're both sponsored by Nike. So we're on, when we're on sponsored trips together, like we would spend, I'd say traveling. I'm probably with Sarah the most. Yeah. Like just those, those, stuff. those trips aren't like a day in and out. Like usually you're, we're in Barcelona for a week or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've had, I've had the most success and the best mental health when training with other females because it's a good pacer. Like it's someone to compete against, but if you lose, you're not losing sleep. You're not doubting yourself. You're not losing that self-confidence. Um, but it's a good gauge on like, all right, am I doing well? Am I not doing well? Am I slacking? Do I need to pick it up? So yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's unique. I I don't know of anyone else that's doing it. And I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. Like you need to pick up and move, you know, like, you know, but T is very like-minded of like, nope, this is the place that's best for me to achieve my goals right now. So that's where I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a great relationship. Uh, it's been, she's great. She's awesome. A lot of fun. We, we've had a couple of days where it's like, we overstepped some lines, but <laughs> they're brother and sister. I mean, like uh, my favorite memory was you guys were at the house training and I'm doing some work in the kitchen and I'm on a call and the two of them, well, I are, mean, we're in between training yeah, sessions, literally sitting at the kitchen Island bickering and I'm on, <laughs> and I, and I don't know, honestly, I don't even know. It doesn't it, it even wasn't, matter. It, it was wasn't. like their brother and sister. And I look at them and I'm like, guys, I am on the phone. And Very immediately mom. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. Like it was just the funniest because they were, they were just like going at each other like brother and sister. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. 
Any any uh, people you want to shout out? Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Hi, dad. I mean, sorry, shit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like we we, we miss O'Keefe. Yeah, O'Keefe he left today. O'Keefe left this morning. I hate when he leaves us. Yeah, yeah. Chief. Chief Keefe. Chief Keefe. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you guys for being on. That was awesome. I learned a lot more than I, I thought. I knew everything about you guys already, but. <laughs> And there's still so much more. Like onions. (laughs) Layers. (laughs) Peeling back the layers. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully it wasn't too much rambling going on. No. Honestly, one of my favorite podcasts. That's what our audience is here for. Yeah. The more tangents we go on, the better. Yeah. I know. They're here for a silly goose time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You promised me a silly conversation. That shit got serious. (laughs) We'll do another another one that's just silliness. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get some would you rather questions going. Those are like like our road trips. Our road trips are just I'll pull up a Google, like put up put it in Google, would you rather? Would you rather? We spend hours. No, no, we'll we'll hit those next time. We gotta save something for next time, right? I already told you my whole life story. We'll save it. All right, thank you guys. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Bye.